1: Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Joshua, chapter number 14, and beginning at verse number 6. Uh, why do you make sure that you um, pay attention to the announcements. We've got a number of things coming up. And so, like I said, govern yourselves accordingly. I'm looking forward to the Man Cave graduate commissioning which is the 25th, and also uh, we've got elders, ministers, and deacons that will be licensed and ordained uh, on the first Sunday in October, and so we look forward to the time of celebration. Amen. 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 You doing well today? All right. Smile at somebody and say, I'm glad to see you today. All right, let's welcome our online audience, our online e-campus. Let's welcome them. Glad to see you. Well, I don't see you, but I'm glad you see us. All right, all right. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Joshua chapter number six, I mean, 14, beginning at verse number six. Joshua chapter 14, beginning at verse number six. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord God, the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold the Lord has kept me alive as he said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness and now here I am this day 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Wow. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, For you heard in that day how Anakin were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Wow. Hebron, therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. I want to talk to you from this thought, the significance of the second half. The significance of the second half. Thursday night, the NFL season began. And um, believe you me, we will get out in time today because the games will continue. (laughs) We, <laughs> but one of the things about uh, football be it college pro um, generally the way the, the way it's played it's played in two halves and it has in the middle something called halftime and I would like to use that because it I believe it, it, it parallels our lives. When we look at our lives, we have our first half and our second half, then we have something called halftime. The first half is about execution. It's when we begin to implement plans for success. You know, you're on that career path. You're you're choosing which way to go. And I know we have different ages in this room and that are watching online now. And I understand that. And it it is that time when really you're thinking about what is my plan that I can put in place to ensure success. Nobody sets out to fail. And that's really the first half of our lives. And I know there are many of us who've gone through that first half and you can look back and you you thank the Lord for the first half. Um, First half is critical because the way you start a thing is going to weigh heavily on how you finish. First half. But then you have also something called halftime. Half time is not about execution it's really about evaluation this when you this is where you assess the plan uh, for our lives you know you you can start out with a great plan and life happens you remember Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan till you get hit And that's how it is, you know, you, 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 life hits you and it throws you a blow and that thing that you thought was going to work out this way, it did not work out that way. She wasn't as wonderful as you, you thought she was. He really ended up being breath and britches. didn't end up like you thought. and So this is the time when you begin to evaluate. Perhaps you've made a career choice and you look and you put all your money in this particular area in a business venture and that business venture didn't work out, didn't pan out like you thought. Or, or, or you look at it and you go, well, I need to do more of that. But anyway, it's a time of evaluation. That's what you do at halftime. Any coach worth his salt is going to evaluate the first half of the game and see what was going well and what wasn't going well and make the adjustments. You don't keep doing the same thing that caused you to fail in the second half, or at least you shouldn't. But then you have the first half, that's about this execution, Halftime is about evaluation. But really, when you get to this second half, it's about being more effective. It, 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 you, you, you know, it's, it's, you move from this place where you are only success-minded to where you move to the place where you are thinking about significance. My wife, in her book, spoke to that. Uh, regarding success, success, success and significance. Um, it, it, it's not just about you. It's about those coming behind you at that point. It's not just about your success. It's about, and I love the way she said it in the book. She said, I want my ceiling to be your floor. And I said, you better write, girl. And that's how it is. So, you that's what happens in this second half. Now, in this text, we have this man named Caleb. Of course, we understand uh, who Caleb was. Caleb was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent to spy out the land that God had promised. And you remember, the 12 spies came back to Moses after spying out the land and begin to give a report 10 of the 12 spies gave a bad report they discouraged the hearts in fact this particular text says that they melted the hearts of Israel so much so that the people did not go into the promised land that generation didn't Caleb was different He was different. He came back and said, we can do it. We're well able to do it. He and Joshua. And so when you look at Caleb, you understand that he he, he was he was really seemingly cut from a different cloth. There was something special about him. And I just want to pull out just a few things here that I believe is going to help us to cause our second half to be significant. Now, when I talk, when I'm talking about second half, I'm not necessarily talking about uh, chronology, how old a thing is, because you can be in the second half of a semester. You do understand that. So here's the first thing I wanted to point out regarding Caleb. He remembered the word over his life. He remembered the word over his life. In verse number six there, he says, Then the children of, Israel, children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me, in Kadesh Barnea. The New Living Translation of that same verse, verse six The latter part of it says, Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. So listen to me. When we understand this, Caleb remembered the word, a lot of times you and I can have that thing in life to hit us and what happens is it causes us to forget. And we lose sight of what God has actually spoken over our lives. Listen to me carefully. Sometimes we get to the place where we can become so discouraged by the circumstances of life, so down and out by that, that we begin to have amnesia, as it were, as if God never spoke a thing. As if God never had a prom- made a promise to you. As if God never said anything to you. But ca- when you look at this, Caleb t- said to Joshua, you remember the word that the Lord said to Moses. In other words, I'm calling to mind what he said. Listen to me. Sometimes you have to get to a place where you pull off of the back burner that promise that thing that God has spoken and put it on the front burner of your life this is the thing that we run into because something has not happened yet we think it'll never happen we are so confound by time that we think if it hasn't happened within the time frame that I have in my head it's never gonna happen And we've heard the the, the cliche, just because something is delayed doesn't mean it's going to be denied. We understand that. But hear me, but it's easy to say, but man, when it hadn't happened in a long time, you sit there and you go, is it going to ever happen? But I believe I came here to tell somebody, let uh, let me rephrase that. I believe I came to prophesy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Just this morning, I didn't ask permission to get the, I won't tell who it is, but so I'll go ahead and give the give the praise report. She said, Pastor in Covington. She said, Pastor, you she said, I don't know who else heard the word last week, but you prophesied and said something about somebody getting a job. I don't even remember exactly what happened. She said, I hadn't been working in two years and I just started back. <laughs> don't tell me God won't do it. Don't tell me God isn't up to something. I'm telling you there is a favor, there's a grace, there's an open door, there's a promise. God has not forgot what he's spoken over your life. Listen to me. He literally is watching over his word. To perform it, he's at that place where he's watching over that word. But you've got to call it to mind, you've got to keep it in mind, you've got to bring it back to your thoughts. Caleb said, Josh, man, you remember, you remember. You can imagine the conversation going something like this. You know what them other jokers were talking about, right? And you know we were different than them. And you know as a result of that, what Moses said to us, Moses made a promise regarding this land, and I am here now to collect on the promise. I'm here now so he can make good on this thing because God is watching over his word. And so Caleb was the one who encouraged the people to possess the land. And so he had lost sight of that promise. And I want to encourage you, remember, you got to remember. You got to remember the word over your life. But listen, listen, it's not just that easy. I'd be, I be, I, I, I don't think I'd do this message justice if I left it right there and said, amen. It's not just a matter of remembering the word, but you got to be willing to war over the word. Look at somebody and say, fight for it. Fight. Type in the chat, chat, fight for it. You've got a war over the word. Listen, the devil is crazy. I'm talking about slap crazy. He ain't got bad sense. And so what I'm saying is this, we have to understand that he will do anything to oppose the plan and purposes of God. And so when we look at this, we have to get to that place where we are willing to war for it. Notice in verse number 11, he said, yet, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so my str- <laughs> so is my strength for war. So now is my strength. In other words, I understand you might have looked at the calendar and you know my birthday, but I wanna tell you, I'm old man strong. That's what they say. old man, strong. I'll outlift any of you young cats any day. You better watch who you're dealing with. It's Caleb, and that's how he dealt with that thing. And so when you look at what was happening, he said, I still have strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Come on, shout, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. In other words, God, you made a promise and I know you're going to be good on it. It's been, listen, it has been 45 years and I'm still believing you for it. I still believe you're going to come through. I still haven't given up on you. I know that what I heard, what I heard you say, you are going to do. I'm not giving up on it. I will not back down. You won't let talk me out of it. And so there has to be a willingness to war over the word that God has spoken over your life. Oh, I'm hollering, but I feel it. There has to be a willingness. There has to be a willingness. And I'm concerned that many of us have just kind of laid down and we've gotten on this place of ease, in this place of ease, And God is saying, there's more territory I got for you. There's more that I have for you. Your life is not over yet. What are you doing? There is more that I have for you. I deposited on the inside of you something that you have not obtained yet, a desire for that thing. And I want to bring it to pass. I want to bring it to pass. I want to bring it to pass. Just waiting on you to get the courage I'm waiting on you to war over it I'm waiting on you to finally get up and say wait just a minute this is not all of it what was going on right here you know the book of Joshua is the book of conquest and so when you understand that this was a place in the book where they were dividing the land And Caleb was like, don't leave me out. Don't leave me out. Shout, don't leave me out. out. Because God had made a promise. And then he says, now therefore give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. Don't talk about the giants. And that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them. I can do it as the Lord said to me. Now, he didn't say I need my help. (laughs) Caleb was like, I got this. God is just looking for you to go toward what he said. God is just looking. He didn't say, listen, he told them in the, when he was told them the first time. He said, go and look at the land which I have given you. Not go and evaluate it and see if you can take it. Go, I just want you to go and look at it and then come back. Are you willing to war? Are you willing to war? You've got to, let me tell you something. We allow mountains to talk to us. Come on now. Wow. Jesus never said just sit there and listen to the mountain. He said, say, it. speak yeah. to the mountain." I don't know what he's getting ready to do for these new covenant people, but I'm telling you, you got some things that's getting ready to happen in your life. I'm telling you, not just new covenant, I, if you, you around us, it's getting ready to happen. If you associated with us, it's getting ready to happen. Oh, because, oh, you got to understand, this is not just something that's happening in my life, but oh, I'm telling you, those attached to me. Come on, say, those attached to me. me. Oh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. He said, so I've got to be willing to war over that word. I cannot let my mind just go off into an area of defeat and I come in agreement with it. Years ago, I was watching... A Super Bowl game and I think it was the quarterback then of years and years ago of the Buffalo Bills I think it was Jim Kelly and Jim Kelly made a statement in the pregame Ken, he said this I'm glad to be here I looked around I said they gonna lose I'm just happy to be here no I didn't come to the Super Bowl just to be here come on say I want um, I came to win and one of the things, one of the things, one of the things, one of the things, Bria, you can appreciate this. Uh, I, 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 I'm getting ready. I'll have a prayer. The Lord woke me up with it several weeks ago. I held off on it because I've been I'm getting ready to release it on social media and all that kind of stuff. All right. But one of the things in that prayer has to do with this. Lord, let us begin to taste victory. Taste victory taste victory because listen you some of us have the the taste of defeat and we've been tainted by the taste of defeat and that's you know how it is have you ever tasted something you need to get something else to get that bad taste out to. Your- And so we've got some other stuff going on that we need to begin to taste victory, to put victory back in our talk, victory back in our speech, victory back in what we say, victory back in what we think. The scripture says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Shout, winning is better. Pastor, are you trying to get us to be competitive? No, I'm just trying to get you to go after what God said. You got to be willing to war over what He said. Willing to war over what He said. So you take that word. Let me tell you, I said it to myself. I was letting my mind just kind of go off, and I had to say, wait a minute, what am I thinking? I have to go to the Word in Philippians chapter 4. He says, think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of a good report, if anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Sometimes you have to tell your mind what to think. You do realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But hear me in this. Jesus has given you authority over all the works of the enemy. You don't have to sit up there and take anything. there has to be something that you clothe yourself in it's called the full armor of God the full armor of God he said then you put that armor on so that you can be able to stand after having done all to stand stand there with your love you. stand there with your feet shod with the preparation and readiness of the gospel of peace. Stand there with the breastplate of righteousness on. Stand there with the helmet of salvation. Stand there. With the sword of the spirit. You stand there. I'm not sitting there taking this thing. I like the movie. I like the movie. I, I, I like the movie. Uh, you know, the Avengers movies. And I like Iron Man. I like, you know, he's a little bit crazy. And I like him. And I realized something. I realized something. All right. I realized something. Iron Man by himself didn't have any power. I realized the power was in the suit. So, all of a sudden, he, he got the suit now to where he can flip this way and this, come on. Flip this way and this, come Listen, the power is not in us. The power is in the armor. Put on the armor. Put on the suit. Put the suit on. Don't you dare do this in your own strength. You do this in the strength and the ability that he gives. you. Hey God, yeah. The suit got the hat. It's got the power in it by itself, baby. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that you're clothing yourself with. That's what you're doing, and you got to be willing to war over that word. Let Jesus be your model. Hebrews chapter twelve says, "Who for the joy set before him." endured the cross despising the shame and is now sat down the right you do understand that Jesus wasn't thinking he wasn't like I'm going to be defeated he, he looked on the other side of the battle he endured the cross because of what he saw. So here was Jesus peeking on the other side of the cross saying, Oh, you're going to kill me, but I'm going to get up again. I'm going to get up again. You're going to put me down, but oh, you're going to wish you hadn't. All right, let me, let me go on. So you have to be willing to war over the word, over your life. War over the promise that God has spoken over your life. Caleb was saying, listen, I'm old man strong. I can do this. I can do this. Give me the mountain. And this is what I love. So when you look at it, he remembered that word. He was willing to war over that word, but I think here's the linchpin right here. Here's the thing. And, I, and, and, and we're done. He wholly followed the Lord. Everybody say wholly followed the Lord. W-H-O-L-L-Y. It says in verse number 13, and Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron, gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and as an inheritance, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite to this day. Here it is because he did what? Holy followed the Lord God of Israel. Now, he wasn't half in. He was all in. Sometimes the enemy is more committed to our defeat than we are to our own victory. And so we have to understand to get what we're talking about, you have to be all in. He wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed the Lord. What is interesting about this is that he, he he did not start at 85, wholly following the Lord. It was amazing because if you look further up in the text, he wholly followed the Lord. Notice, notice verse 7 says he was 40 years old, right? Verse 7 says he was 40. When you get to the latter part of verse 8, he says, but I wholly follow the Lord my God so he was already wholly following the Lord at 40 so don't wait till your second half to start wholly following the Lord this is what I found out. You, 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 by that time, if you're not wholly following him, it's going to be, you am not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be more difficult to begin to establish some new patterns and habits. But if you start earlier, if you start earlier, that's why you, you got to understand, today we're going to dedicate some babies. I love it. We're going we're, we're to minister to these babies because I want the babies to be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I don't want wait, to wait till they get 40 years old and the first time hearing about Jesus. Amen. I want them to start now, wholly following the Lord. Let it be a pattern that we introduce into our lives because Jesus is worth holy following now when you look at Caleb he wholly followed the Lord think about it he had to wholly follow the Lord even though out of an entire nation of grown people two, a whole nation of grown folk entered the promised land God had to let an entire generation die because of the bad report of the ten that came back and said we can't do it since we're like grasshoppers Caleb said, I'm wholly following him now. But think about it. He had to wholly follow the Lord while that generation died off. He had to wholly follow the Lord at 40, at 50, at 60, at 70, 75, 80, 85. When they started going through and making conquests to begin to war for the land, Caleb said, Listen, I'm all in. I've made a pattern of wholly following the Lord. Let me say it like this: I've come too far now, and I refuse to be denied what has been promised to me. There was a now Joshua, come here. I understand that you are the leader of the nation now, but you know it was you and me. And <laughs> you know how it is. Hey, you, you. Some of you all know people. You all were friends when you all were little. Now they, they, they got a high position, but they, but you know them when. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. You, wait a minute. You sit there. and You go. Wait a minute. That is Junebug. Junebug is the sheriff. A uh, Junebug is, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. They have this. Uh, Junebug. Lord have mercy. He's on. He's a congressman. You know you, you know, you look at it and you, go, you look at that, but you realize you, you, you can't say anything publicly because of proper protocol. You understand that. And there are some private conversations. I don't know how often, how frequent Caleb had this conversation, but he was like, now, Josh, come here. You know it was me and you. You know exactly how they, what they were saying. And I have wholly followed the Lord and now I'm ready to collect on the promise because of what God says, give me mine. And the Bible says, this is amazing, Joshua blessed him. Joshua blessed him and gave it, gave Hebron to Caleb for an inheritance now I want you to understand something I want you to understand something you got to get to this place where you realize that this is not just for you because Caleb was given this for him and his family come on say this is not just for me I gotta wholly follow the Lord because it's gonna affect those who come behind me. It's no longer just about me, it's about my legacy. It's about those who are coming behind me. In other words, I may have been a pioneer in a particular area, but I, they, they can come behind me and I've I paved the way for them so that they can go even further. My friend, you know, we can can understand that. Many of us right now are experiencing the things that we're experiencing because of the sacrifice of somebody that's gone on before us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we understand that. And Caleb was one who wholly followed the Lord. And as a result, Joshua blessed him. It didn't matter if the giants were there. It didn't matter. He said, we're going to do this thing. I told you, generally in our lives, we have the first half, and we have this thing called halftime. But then there's the second half, and the second half is highly significant. This is what I found out. Since we're in the city of Atlanta, I'ma say some numbers, 28 to three. I was on my way to Charlotte, North Carolina. Levert, a drummer, I was on the side, pulled over, and he had texted me. Falcons up 28 to 3. My wife called me, said, honey, because I wasn't listening to the Super Bowl or anything. I was just, I was listening to a book. I didn't want to be bothered because it'd get on my nerves. I was, wasn't bothering anybody. Vert text me and then she called and said 28 to 3 and I said it's halftime. They still have another half to go. So for you it's only halftime. you still have another half to go. You could be down 28 to 3. But listen, any good coach is going to make some mid-course adjustments, some halftime adjustments, and just perhaps you might be in the fourth quarter now with a few seconds left in the game and just like Alabama did on yesterday, the Crimson Tide kicked the winning field goal in just the last minute. What I'm saying is, I don't know where you are, but shout, it's not over yet. It's not over yet you don't know how my second half is gonna end I don't play a one half game I play a full game I play until we win because it's already been scripted that we win shout we win hallelujah so your second half has significance. You receive that today? Well, give God a big old praise. One of the Dangers of ministering in multiple services is you can fall in the trap of trying to replicate what happened in a previous service in the next service, although the Holy Spirit is not doing that particular thing. But you also don't want to be so non-discerning that you miss if there are similarities that he wants to bring out and you want to minister according to him. And this is what I believe today. This is what I'm sensing today. There are some people who, and this is the phrase I heard, God wants to peel discouragement off of your life. He this is what I heard. He wants to peel discouragement off of your life. If that's you, my friend, come right here in front of me. Come right here. I want to pray for you. If you've been dealing with discouragement, come now, come now, come now, come now, come now. Come now. Come now. Discouragement. Discouragement. If you're online, come good. You're online you can put you, you, you can put it in the chat that's me pray for me pray for me discouragement you can come close and just kind of spread out right there just come yeah we, we're gonna be all right we're gonna be all right people are still coming discouragement you can come on come on around come on around you can just kind of, yeah right in there you've been dealing with discouragement now listen to me you first of all see look around up here and that you're not alone you're not the only one and I want to encourage you because what happens is this we get to that place where we're having negative self-talk and we can talk ourselves into a spiral where we're going down, down, down and the enemy doesn't even have to help did not have to do anything he just plants the seed and we just keep watering and nurturing discouragement but I sense the spirit of the Lord says he wants to peel off discouragement peel, that's interesting peel it off so I want to pray that over you today. Now let me tell you what's going to have to happen. Let me get, get I'm a, I am going to pray for you. But this is what's going to have to happen. I'm going to pray, and I believe the spirit of discouragement will be broken from over your life. Because we're going to take authority over it in Jesus' name. But just like I've been talking about warring and fighting against it. That thing is in your mind. Pay attention to what's going on in your mind, in your thoughts. Two places, in your mind and in your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is an indication of what's in your heart. Are you hearing me? And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You cannot bow to this thing. You have to fight it. Are you willing to fight it? Yes. Let's pray together. My Father, there are precious people that are standing up here, a number of young people, older people, middle-aged people, people that are in different stages of their life. And my Father, I pray right now, just like you've spoken in my heart, that you would peel discouragement from off of them, where life has come their way and seemingly tried to put a robe, as it were, of discouragement on, where they've been clothed, intercessors, pray with me now, where they've been clothed in discouragement. I'm asking you now in Jesus' name that by your spirit it be broken now in Jesus' name. The authority of that thing in their lives, let it be broken off where it seems like it's been in the in in in, in like a reservoir as it were. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name. I Pray now in Jesus' name. Complete freedom in their hearts and in their mind and in their souls in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, give them hope. Give them that glimmer of hope that let the light begin to shine so that they can see that it's not hopeless and they can move forward in you. So right now, right now, right now where the enemy has planted seeds where he's trying to get a crop of this, a harvest of discouragement. I pray it be broken. I pray freedom in their minds, freedom in their thoughts, freedom in their emotions freedom in their spirit, freedom in Jesus name. Those that are watching right now, freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom he that the sun sets free is free indeed. Let it be the portion, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, say, "I I I receive that. I receive that. Now listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. What I'm getting ready to do is this. When I say many times we don't fight back, we just simply allow, take the blow we have to understand, you have to know how to fight back. But a lot of times, we don't know how to fight back because we're physically, we're thinking from a physical standpoint, but we're not, not fighting against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare. In other words, you're fighting an unseen enemy. So how do you do that? How do you do that? You fight the enemy with God's word. God's word. Listen, it's more powerful than you ever you said, Pastor, I'm not I'm not a pastor, I'm not gone to seminary, or I don't know about all that kind of stuff. I don't understand all of that. Listen, all you need to know, you could take one scripture and defeat the enemy because it's just that powerful. It's just that powerful. Now, I'm gonna lead you and the first of all. If, if, if you're up here and you're not a believer, you don't know if you're saved. If you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if my sins are forgiven. But I want to know today. That's the first That's the first step. you got to give your life to Jesus. If you don't know that you're saved, you say, Pastor, please pray for me. What I want you to do, because so, this is for real, you come right here in front of me. If you don't know it, that you're saved, if you're unsure that you're saved. Anybody else in this room, if you're unsure that you are saved, if you're not sure about your salvation, but you want to be sure today, listen, pray with me now. Pray with me now. Say, dear God, everybody praying together, even online, pray with me. If you're unsure of your salvation, say, dear God, I come to you now asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Save me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Change my life forever. In Jesus' name, I receive you now. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for these precious ones who've given their lives to you today. And even those that are online who've given their lives to you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would minister to them. Listen, after the service, this is what I want you to do. Uh, you can see, see my wife right here after this, immediately after the service. Just see her. She's just going to get some information from me because we have something we want to give to you. Give to you, okay? All right. Now, now, I, let me say this to you. Welcome to the family of God. Come on, shout about it. Now, now, everybody else, you're sure you're safe. So now do this with me. Say in Jesus' name. Come on, say it, but In Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you love me, that you care for me, that you've forgiven me. And right now, I put on the whole armor of God in Jesus name. My loins are girded about with truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. My feet are shod with the preparation and the go- of the gospel of peace. I take the helmet of salvation. I take the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, I quench every fiery god of the wicked, and I take the word of God, and I pray ahead your protection around me. That word is the sword of the Spirit. Today, I pick up the sword. I cut off the roots of discouragement from my life. In Jesus' name, I refuse. To allow you to take advantage of my thought life, of my emotions, of my feelings. Today, I claim victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, say, no weapon formed against me, prosperous. Every tongue that rises up in judgment. I condemn. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not taking anything less, other than God's best for my life. In Jesus' name. Now listen to me. You see how those words came out of your mouth? You can do that every day without me doing it. Let me tell you what you can do. Let me tell you, if you need me to help you, this is going to be on YouTube and you can go and watch it again that's what Pastor Bill said take that and then let that thing begin so you you can begin to expound on it expand it and apply it to your life listen to me what you say to yourself you believe come here Turn it around, God. A great turnaround. A great turnaround. Thank you, Father. Thank you for where she has been mishandled right now. Begin to place a hedge of protection around her and where the enemy tried to throw her off and get her off. I'm asking you to put a right on course in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come here. Father, I thank you as well for causing clarity of mind, clarity of will, clarity of thought. And I pray in Jesus' name for a renewed boldness. And I pray for a fresh love for you. Reveal yourself to her in ways that she said, wow, where she falls in love with Jesus. Let it be, Lord. And I thank you. Now, protect the preciousness of her life. Protect that, I pray. And where plans and schemes and plots from the enemy would try to come and literally do damage. I pray that you would cover and keep in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You receive that today? Alright. Alright. So I want to encourage you in that. Now listen, listen, listen. I, can't, I cannot fight for you. Did it go up there? Okay, switching lights. <laughs> alright. All right. I cannot fight for you, but you can get on the field and fight for yourself. Are you hearing me? God is warring on your behalf. Even angels are assigned to you. He's going to do mighty things on your behalf. You receive that? Alright, alright. Thank you so much. As you, before, you go, do this. Leave it right there. Bye bye. Come on, let's give God a big old praise today. Oh my, Hallelujah. What a a mighty God we serve. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) Son, you're on a leash. I'm talking to you. A leash. God's gonna only let you go so far. <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll start dreaming. You're gonna start. You'll start dreaming. Why did I dream about that? God, that voice of God that just keeps bothering you. All right. Whoo! I think I'm. I'm done now. Hallelujah. Well, listen. Um, we ask you. I wanted to make sure if you've not given your life to Christ and you want to do that today didn't want to overlook anybody we had two people to respond already I don't know uh, how many online who are doing that but you got to give your life to him here's the next thing every believer needs a church home Every believer needs a church home. And so we want to open the doors of the church. If you desire membership here at New Covenant Christian Ministries, go to newcov.nwcov.org, And there's a place there that says connect. And when you connect, it says connect as a member. You can connect with Christ. You can give us your information there. But also you can connect as a member. Know what it takes to become a member of the church. Fill out, gives good information of, you know, addresses that you're going to read, all right? Amen. And then we'll get in contact with you, and we'll make sure that we put you on that pathway. We look forward to our time together with you. Amen.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living Word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.